back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at No Clutch Nate. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm one of the hosts of a podcast called Supergirl Radio. So we talk about Supergirl. So you can check us out at SupergirlRadio.com or follow us on social media at Supergirl Radio. Awesome. And I think uh, you guys did a review for The Flash as well, didn't you? For Yeah, we did a lot of uh, Flash content. We kind of did a, a first thoughts video or, or a podcast episode, and then we did a long extended uh, full review of the movie. So uh, there was a Supergirl in there, but uh, to which extent <laughs> she was utilized well uh, that is up for debate. But if you do want to check our thoughts out about the Flash movie, uh, we do have that. You can check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash Podcast, which is a podcast network we are part of. Uh, but you can also check us out at supergirlradio.com and all the podcast feeds, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Awesome, awesome. All right, today we are talking about Minute 133 of Part 4, Change Machine. It's going to start with Cyborg. Uh, still looking at the flying fox, almost, um, you know, pondering about its its status and, and maybe even communicating with it. Um, and then the minute is going to end with Cyborg questioning Aquaman's questioning. <laughs> so there's a lot of dialogue going on in this minute. This is the start of um, a great scene of the Justice League. Um, it kind of like where we get to really know more about them and the way that they um, have this mother box centered at the, at the center of the table, it starts to really uh, pull the gravity in on these characters. The way that they start to um, contemplate what the next step is, but also start to work as a team. And uh, cinematically, this is a this is a great moment that um, in the hype to release the Snyder cut, uh, Zack Snyder was always teasing. Um, some behind-the-scenes notes of, of the production of, of this movie, um, m- maybe whether or not he knew if it was in the 2017 version or not, um, but he was always um, posting details on Vero about this scene and, and specifically the way that the camera was built on, on a sort of a circular track to uh, rotate around the cast. And so we'll start to see some of it here, but... Um, especially as we move on and as, as they start to talk about what the mother box can do and um, who it could be used on, you'll see that this camera sort of, um, uh, ro- um, uh, yeah, rotate. It like or it orbits the cast a bit and, and it gets all these different shots from, from kind of this circular track that he built. And that was part of his production notes where he was drawing out exactly how he wanted to lay down kind of the, the railway for this camera to, to operate. And so um, it's a beautiful uh, chapter. I think this is towards the end of part four, if I'm correct. Yeah. We only have um, um, seven more minutes of part four before we enter part five. Um, and so this is how we get to uh, this change machine title for part four as they start talking about this mother box and it, it ends on this beautiful kind of camera work that uh, circ- uh like we said orbits the cast so um just a great moment for for the team here i i really i i love seeing the the justice league and kind of like their casual clothing that also kind of represents who they are and i think it's a great 
portrayal of them um, because we just saw them all in, in, in their superhero outfits and now we see them all in kind of like this, uh, um, I, I say it's like a Fast and Furious almost looking scene, <laughs> but it but it's good. It's like, I, I, I enjoy it. I think it's fantastic. But yeah, what, what, do, what do you guys think about this minute here? Well, I uh, would put it to to y'all since you talked a lot about the uh, King Arthur, the Arthurian legend connections to this film. uh, Would you consider this a round table moment that all of the the knights (laughs) of the round table have gotten together to uh, strategize about what to do? Is that, yes. is that how y'all would read uh, that? Yeah. I was supposed to leave it to Nate. Yeah, I, I, w- too much I, w- I was going to say <laughs> yes, um, but it's more of like a, uh, a, a, a foreshadowing of what the Justice League roundtables are. A prototype. Yeah, it really is, um, especially towards the end of this movie when you get the whole, you know, big, big table in the center, that whole thing. Um, you can see that, like, them as a group just naturally do this so it kind of makes sense that they fit and work together just as a team and have these open sorry, these open dialogues i don't even know what that was something popped right next to me and i have absolutely no idea what that was that freaked me out <laughs> um i can't i couldn't even begin to guess what that was anyway um yes i think it, it is very uh knights of the round table the justice league conversation um one thing that I like about this minute is is the lighting. Um, Mark, you said a Fast and the Furious thing. Yeah, I get it. There, it, it's in a garage and it's like you know sunlight kind of beaming through. I, and it's blue. I, I can see it. I understand it being Fast Eight or whatever. You know, like I I get it, especially with <laughs> the characters. The character, two of them are already in it. You know, yeah, it already <laughs> makes sense. It already makes yeah. sense. You already got, got them in a garage. Arms crossed. There's a bunch of yeah. chains. It's got the gunmetal like, color. I think you're there. just thinking it's just Fast Five, and you're like, oh, this is what fa- this is what I wanted Fast Five to be. You know, with, those are with... good movies. That that's a good one. Um, I like that one. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think the lighting is cool. Um, in the beginning of the m- and some camera shots, there's this single spotlight shining down on the table onto the mother box. Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa, what? That is awesome. That is so awesome. To install a spotlight on your workbench, not not <laughs> Very a hanging, helpful. not a crane or like any 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 sort of like bending lamp or anything like that. No, not even track lighting above. It's you got a spotlight. Maybe it's not even a spotlight. It's probably a sunroof, and it's just the sun beaming right down onto it. You know, um, actually, I'm pretty sure that is what it is because there is no lighting in here. It's just all smaller windows. Uh, it's incredible. I think the imagery of this moment is really cool. Um, and yeah, it's it's more of like a, a, a foreshadowing to the Justice League roundtable conversations that we all know and love so well. Yeah, I think the uh, the ability you mentioned, Nathan, of the, the dialogue that's happening here. No, nobody in this scene is taking a back seat here and just letting everybody else kind of handle it. Everybody's right. chiming in. Everybody's sharing their thoughts. They're all equal in contributing to the problem solving here. And I think that's what the roundtable is supposed to symbolize is that at, there's nobody who is more important than any. They're, they're talking about maybe uh, wanting to bring the king back, but there's nobody here that's more important than the other ones even though bruce and diana are the leaders they're all equal here 
Um, so I think that's really impactful just in terms of uh, creating a team dynamic, maybe making them a fast family that they are, uh, <laughs> that they are uh, becoming. And I, I think that's really um, very cool here. And I, I know you mentioned, um, Nathan, the lighting here. I think it's Bruce has definitely thought of everything in this yeah. place. He he's he's uh, created it in a way that, of course, his work table would have lighting above it. Of course it would. Um, but I also was uh, it's funny watching this minute by minute. There are things that I paid more attention to than I would have just watching it. But even the idea of Cyborg putting the mother box on the table and hearing how the sound effects are really, you know, it really makes an impact when it hits the table and how somebody had, it was their job to make sure that the mother box had weight as it goes onto the table. I just think part of that is uh, so very um, uh, important in terms of making that a believable thing, that this yeah. thing has come to the table and it's made an impact with it. It's a very small bit, but I think it's the details of it that I think are um, uh, are impressive to me. Uh, I, I do as well. The Foley work, I want to see, like... If there was ever like behind the scenes footage of the Foley, I want to know what you're using to get these sounds and stuff. <laughs> Honestly, I really do. Um, one thing I think that is probably maybe the most important thing out of this minute that we're going to talk about is um, we kept on saying round table, round table, round table. There is not a round table. It isn't. A, here. It isn't round. You're right. This is a table with four corners, and there are <laughs> five members here. So that leads you to believe that somebody's got to double up, right? We don't really get a double up. We get a uh, a swaying of opinion character. You get four sides of a table. You have Batman, you have Wonder Woman, and you have Cyborg and the Flash. These four four characters are very much set in stone of what goal they are trying to accomplish. Batman obviously wants to bring back Superman. Wonder Woman needs to save the world. Uh, Flash needs friends, and he's there along for the journey, right? He's there to mm -hmm. work with the team. They are very set in stone with their mindset. They know what they're doing. Arthur Curry is still on the fence about all of this, and it's not a flaw for the character. I think it is probably the most correct way that you could have gone about writing this character of Arthur Curry. We see him walking back and forth between corners between Diana and Bruce. And if we're pinning those two members uh, of like their leadership right now of the group, of their dynamic, and having Arthur back and forth between the two of them, <laughs> also him being half-human, half-Atlantean and splitting mm. the difference between man and gods right now, like... It's a conversation that is like so perfectly blocked. The the scene is just so perfectly blocked within the conversation that they're having with who the characters are and seventy plus years of history that we have learned from these character. It really mm -hmm. just like cannot make any more sense in this moment, especially for like a proto Justice League. And then you have the conversation of Batman going. We should probably get a round table, we we because we did the four corner thing and we kind of had an argument there. Like nobody was, it was kind of one sided at one point, right? And then we had to make one of our friends pretty much explain himself. Like yeah. we didn't we didn't need to do that. We could have had an open conversation, which we were trying to do. So let's have that open communication. 
round tables, you know, there's, there's gotta be six, maybe seven of us. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think this is one of the most important justice league moments, especially for a newly formed forming justice league. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really a, a powerful conversation that they're about to have. And like I said, I said it months, months, months ago. Um, the title of this chapter is one of my favorite. The <laughs> Just that word, change, change machine, to describe the mother boxes and to describe these mother boxes in this story is, is perfect. It is oh a change gosh. machine. You're changing yeah. everything in this moment right now. This is the moment that every thought has to change. Man, Nate, you just like blew my mind with all of that because you're, you're 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 so right because I, the the camera movements give the appearance of a round table because it is circular because it is moving in such a way that it it makes me think of the round table because of the way the camera is operating. But when you actually look at the table, it is uh, four corners and it has points to it, um, and I think all of that is intentional. They don't mm. just they don't just go on a set and have the actors pick where they're going to be. Right. Somebody has thought about that because they have to think about where the camera is, how the dialogue is going to come into play. So I don't think that that's just something that you're picking up out of thin air. I think all of these things are intentional. And so to have Arthur be the odd man out, I think is a perfect choice. And he already yeah. is. Like he yeah. he was from the beginning. You're out of your mind, Batman. Like oh yeah, you're out of your mind, Bruce Wayne. Like you are. So you you're you yourself think you're supposed to be some sort of voice of reason, but you're really only like your own voice of reason. And you, you're the amount of <laughs> your entire life, your own voice of reason has been that of self doubt and, and that of uh, being an outcast. So this whole teamwork thing is not going to come easily to Arthur Curry. He is going to be this one that is constantly questioning and, it's not even out of like a, a a thought of like malice. It's questioning more of like safety. You know, he's yeah. had to protect himself his yeah. entire life. Now he's like got four other people that he's got to deal with, and they also are crazily superpowered or something. And now you got a, a machine man. Like, what is hmm. out of the league? Everybody's out of their own league right now. And then <laughs> have him move to the side of the table. <laughs> to Batman's side of the table where we just watched a previous movie where this man, where his hatred was so directed at something that was so foreign to him that Mm -hmm. he knew nothing but to destroy it. Now Aquaman is facing that same dilemma because he has also inherited 70% of the planet. Like, (laughs) there's so much weight on this man. Now it's like, okay, now we got aliens and this planet could be destroyed. And, you know, I failed at losing this crazy mother box thing that was protected. You know, I only knew it as legends and I didn't know what it was. Now you're telling me you can destroy the world? Ah, well, what else do I have left but this world, you know? Um, And And that speaks... I'm sorry to interrupt, you're, but, you're fine, uh, but that but that speaks so much to Arthur Curry as a protector. Yes. If he has all of this ground or not ground water that he has to cover, he I I would want and expect him to be the person who is like, okay, who is this guy? We yeah. need to be able to know that we can trust him. So I don't think that Arthur is wrong in this scene. I think there needs to be some mm-hmm. skepticism and some co- confirmation that Victor is on the side of good. He could be, for all they know, he could be 
malevolent. He could be on the side of dark side. They yeah. don't know. So they need to fact check him and make sure as like a, for security purposes that he's somebody that they can work with. So I, yeah, I think for, for Arthur Kurt, this conversation has really changed how I view this in terms of the Arthur part of it. Cause I think Arthur here is coming off as a real protector and not somebody who's like condemning Victor, but he's, he's somebody needs to speak up and make sure that this is okay for them to do. And so I think it's a very valid thing that he does. Um, yeah. I think it really, it, it puts more of um, Arthur's big slow-mo walking off the pier and the waves <laughs> and like the, the, the needle drop moment. Like it really does need to drive that fact more. I think that gets overlooked so easily with Aquaman's character. The fact that he is such a troubled individual and so much is expected of him. But mm -hmm. at the same time, it's not because you've been gone for 30 plus years. You have not had an expectation. You've had a secret expectation with Volko, I guess, but like now you're, he's just such a lost soul with, in his own self, has no place you know he doesn't belong on the surface he doesn't belong below the water where is he supposed to go just be traveling rogue i guess and there's just so much weight on his shoulders you know so now the the stakes are even higher earth is in danger you have found a group of people that have a similar mindset a similar goal similar uh morals i guess and um now you're kind of getting thrown a curveball, especially with whatever this new technology is. And now, now your only thought is to confront it, you know, because that's what you do, Aquaman. You confront things with fists and you fight and you also <laughs> tell people that, you know, that's that's wrong. You know, that's what I love about Aquaman. It's like you, he does know right from wrong mm. through and through. That's just it's just inlaid in him. Um it was. It's a really great moment, honestly. I think this is yeah. such a good, powerful Justice League moment. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely an eye opener for for the perspective that that Aquaman has, and 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 really the the way that it parallels uh, Bruce Wayne where he is now, and you know having treated someone else who is alien mm -hmm. um, in, in the last film. I think that was a great point. I think it. You know, they they do have to be accepting of the suspicion that Aquaman has, because I think it is healthy and important to keep that in the conversation, because that's how we uh, learn and, 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 and not act on disinformation. Um, I, I, I almost wonder, because you mentioned Volko, and I, and I think that might be another great conversation to have as well, is because I, you know, Volko, um, it, 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 like puts that impression on him, like, oh, you, you are the king, like you should be, you should go, you should, yeah. you know, reclaim and, 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 and do your duty. Right. And, um, it's almost like what people wanted Jonathan Kent to do with Superman and Man of Steel. But Zack Snyder was like, no, he's like, as a father, he's like, you know, you're my son and you just be careful about when you choose to be Superman because that's, you know, and so his hesitation, a lot of people criticize it. But then you see the opposite here where Vocal's like, no, be the be the hero. Go go do it. Go like that's what you're destined to be. Like, why aren't you doing it yet? And so Aquaman's a little bit like, I don't want that pressure on me to to go and, and to go out there and put my name out there. Um and so I think that's it's a really interesting way to think about like Zack Snyder did do both finally, where their mentor is kind of one is saying, just wait, be patient, consider maybe you don't have to do it. Um 
and the other one is saying, you know, step up, to go, yeah, <laughs> step up to the plate. Yeah, yeah. of course. So, um, very interesting to think about the difference uh, to compare Jonathan Kent with with Volko and how they how they raise heroes. The motivation, so, also, yeah. you know, the, the 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 mentee as well. That's fun. You get it's always a fun comparison between Aquaman and Superman. I will. It's a great yeah. conversation, honestly. Very Not similar. Now, but, yeah. Very similar. A little bit. The especially you know Henry Cow or Clark Kent in 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 Man of Steel and and uh, Arthur Curry in, in this movie. Um, it's a little bit of a you know them trying to find themselves. Yeah. And it's and identity then, crisis. Know, it's, people, it's some of the best identity crisis you'll you encounter. <laughs> Yeah, and they yeah they're struggling with it, struggling with the with the responsibility. <laughs> so, um, we 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 haven't talked much about the dialogue in, in the minute yet, but it, it's it's very clear and simple. You know, uh, cyborg, uh, he, he can't find the location of the mother boxes in Prajorna. He, he just doesn't know where that is yet for some reason. Um, but uh, then of course Aquaman here is is is. is Questioning how he, how he would be able to communicate with them, and he says, "Make do think," um, and uh, yeah, it's just, just some really good dialogue here. Um, it, it's it seems thin now in comparison to all the all the stuff that we've been talking about <laughs> because I think that's what that's the that's uh, a clear representation of of some of Zack Snyder's work, especially in, in these DC movies where people. Uh, they they tune out at this, but they they think it's just exposition. But then there's so much more going on with the camera and the lighting, and and then you know where the characters stand, how you know the the outfits that they wear represents them and their personalities and and who they are subconsciously. Um, that I think all that is 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 adds up, right? And so that like, um, well, it's it's this it's this Justice League that we have here. So it's quite impressive there it is yeah, yeah Zack snyder gets uh critiqued uh by people saying that uh he's just style over substance and there's a great youtube channel that i think is called style style is the substance and there was a video that i watched from that channel where it talked about how the storytelling from a Zack snyder film is in the visuals yes. um and so the style is the substance and i think that definitely uh comes into play here but i also don't want to overlook my boy Chris Terrio, who I love so much, and yes. add, and <laughs> yeah. I I didn't mention it in a previous episode um, where we talked about the full circle event, but Chris Terrio was there too, mm-hmm. and he was treated like the rock star that he is, and I was so happy about that. I I fangirled more probably over Chris Terrio than Ben Affleck because I was like, oh my gosh, Chris Terrio's here. Yeah. Um. So uh, I would uh like to point out in this scene. Cyborg says uh, the line, there's a dark spot in my data stream. And that seems like a really, you know, uh, expositional line. But I, th- I think the choice of using the word dark there is, uh, is, a, is a good one because dark side's in this movie. So anytime the, uh, the word dark is mentioned, I think there's a later scene um, where uh, Diana or Wonder Woman and Batman are talking about his, his vision that he sees. Uh, there's a, kind of a play on the word dark there as well. Uh, so I think for me, anytime I hear the word dark in this film, I connect that to dark side. And then um, I also like the moment where Diana says, I've never seen a being as strong as Steppenwolf. And she takes a beat and she says, maybe one. And then she looks up at Bruce. So they have that connection of knowing exactly what each other's thinking. They're both thinking about Superman in that moment. And so I, I think the the connection between 
the dialogue and the way the actors are performing it, uh, I think it's a really good pairing up because it makes it so much more meaningful. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I really enjoy Gal's performance in, in this minute, especially um, just the way she comes off so charismatic and yet so full of information. I mean, she's she's always been like that, especially as Wonder Woman in, in, the, in the last film, Dawn of Justice. But there's a way that she presents information she she says her lines in such a way that it's like like she's so focused like headstrong she like she uh and maybe it's in 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 the facial expressions or nonverbal acting but there's a way that when she decides to say something it is like i don't know there's there's like a there's like an emphasis on it like she's thought about it and and then when she she says what she says, it's like she very clear focused thought um, that that Wonder Woman has, and um, you know this this depiction of Steppenwolf like it it um, it's I, I don't want to say it scares her a bit as Wonder Woman, but to say that she's never seen something as strong as Steppenwolf, I think it's also important to say a villain as as smart as Steppenwolf, like as intelligent as well. Um, because obviously there's Doomsday and, and she says, well, maybe one and Superman. How much intelligence have we seen from Steppenwolf though? That's an, that's an well, honest he, question. He leads an army. He, he, it's he not intelligence. interrogates prisoners. It's he's, not intelligence. I don't think I, that's intelligence. I think he's, I think he's a strategist in some form. I mean, He's a warrior as y- well. Yes, yes. So, like, the basis of Steppenwolf is the leader of the ground army, right, of Apocalypse. He is that. That's it. He's you know general, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever he is in the Kirby old god, new gods. Um, I just don't think that equates to, so mil- militaristic strategy is not the same as. Like what the level twelve intelligence of Lex Luthor or something like that. Yeah, like that is yes, absolutely. Steppenwolf is not planning months ahead. He's not doing things. He's not on a psychological level. He is brute force. Take I invade. I take and fear. Like that's Steppenwolf. That's Apocalypton. It's not intelligence. New Gods is intelligence. Uh, Orion is intelligence. You know, that's, I think that's a big difference. Um, so with Diana, you know, saying her point is, I've never seen a being this powerful, 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 powerful. I got to punch something really hard. Who do we know that punches something really hard? <laughs> Draw on a blank, you know? Oh, crap. Wait, there was that one guy. Oh, Clark, you mean him? Yeah, my, my buddy. Let me speed dial. Um, yeah, I think it's more of just like an absolute power struggle right now. Um, especially coming from Diana because she has fought beings from other worlds. So it, I think intelligence kind of goes out the window and it is just like, I got to hit, I got to hit back harder. That's just warrior mindset, you know? Um, and yeah, I think it is just both on the same side of warrior, warrior versus warrior, soldier versus, uh, I mean, yeah, goddess. What other word is, you know? (laughs) warriors fighting together um and that's what diana knows she knows battles you know she Mm -hmm. she knows warrior fighting 
and and that whole thing. Um, I think intelligence is a new side to this, um, even a newer side for Batman as well, because we didn't see much intelligence in the last film. We saw ignorance and fear um, and compassion and understanding at the end, right? And and all seven other emotions, um, grief. Uh, I think intelligence is new. Intelligence comes from Victor. Mm. Mm. I I really do believe that a lot, and and Swanwick, but that's a whole nother story. Um, that's <laughs> yeah, that's well, he, something he has intel. Yeah, that's, that's wisdom. That's his maybe. job. That's yeah. that's wisdom. That's probably that's, wisdom. Yeah, that's right. all knowing. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think intelligence is a new element that is added after this moment. I think it is explained here in change machine and then intelligence is then incorporated into this team dynamic mm. um which is also another thing that they're doing around this square table is a <laughs> form of dynamics um one of the biggest ones is the flash uh Barry Allen saying these you know pseudo silly lines but also uh <laughs> very endearing like he is very truthful Barry is very truthful in asking these questions um, and, and, and inspired, you know, Wonder Woman says, I haven't seen a being, you know, only, only a one other being maybe. And he's the one to say Superman doesn't say Kal-El of Krypton doesn't say Clark Kent of Kansas. He says Superman because the flash Barry Allen knows his hero as Superman. Mm -hmm. That's another thing. It's like, now we have the conscience, the good conscience side, enter into this team. You have this character who idolizes his hero, Superman, and is obviously going to join the train of wanting nothing more than to bring his hero back to save the day. Uh, yeah, it's so it's so interesting that Barry is the one to verbalize that to say because I think they were maybe all thinking it. Uh, but he's the one who says it uh, versus Bruce and Diana who don't have to say it. They can give each other a look and they know what each one is thinking because yeah. they were on the battlefield yeah. with Superman. And so they know exactly what he's capable of. Exactly. Uh, capable of. So it's it's very interesting that Barry is the one to actually say it out loud. I, I like to think that this this is almost written like it is one mind. That is thinking like if, if Chris Terrio is writing, it's almost like you you kind of have these thoughts in your head where it's like, oh, I have, you know, nothing as strong as, you know, like except for Superman. And it's still the same person having that thought, but it's spread out. You know, these people are finishing each other's sandwiches and they're <laughs> saying like, you know, like, well, maybe one Superman said by another person. And then that other person is saying, well, how about we just destroy it with you know how yeah. about we just kill it with destroy fire. it yeah and then the other and then someone else was like well that wouldn't work because they you know they they crave energy and and then you know it just seems like someone in their thought like trying to process like how, how what they can do with this mother box and and what you know just processing everything but they're processing it out loud so that you know they're in sync with each other and it it, it does feel like one mind is just having all these thoughts but it's being said by different different people well, when you so, are a reader and you are reading roundtable conversations like this, you are one mind and you are hearing a conversation 
in your mind. So yourself, as a reader, you're telling yourself it, and you are formulating it as yourself. So, yeah. it, so it is very similar to you as the reader sitting here and watching the Justice League plan, and and you picking up on that plan as it is explained to you. So yeah, it's lovely. I, def- I definitely think it's like you know, it's a great moment for Chris Terrio's writing to to have the screenplay bouncing off these characters mm-hmm. and um and not it's not really spoon feeding the exposition but it's more so like everyone is chewing on this idea yeah like the the mother box is on the table and um we're all trying to figure it out together and so that's that's what's that's what's fun about it is that everyone is just kind of like chewing analyzing like comprehending and and we're doing it uh like orally so that we're all just starting to process it together and then we all come to that conclusion we'll come to it later but like it's it's that moment that we're all just like the wheels are starting to turn and so us as the audience we're like following along you know the first time we we see this movie we're like okay get it awesome you can't destroy it superman uh uh-huh i see where you're going (laughs) cyborg evil i don't know like and so that's where the fun begins uh for you know as chris terry is writing is to kind of have this round table that's circulating and rotating and it's it's starting to wind up a bit and and reach a conclusion and so i think there's um that's that's what's happening it's like it's starting a slow a slow build a uh, uh, brainstorm duh that's the yeah. that's what they're doing <laughs> it's the storm is brewing it's a brainstorm ah i get why they call it that okay yeah yeah <laughs> i like that barry is actually he asks a question that i i know i would have asked like why can't you just set it on fire destroy it and i i like the answer that cyborg gives him about how the boxes love heat because it uh, corresponds to the visual that we saw a couple of minutes ago of Darkseid with fire crackling through him. Of course, mm-hmm. the mother boxes from Apocalypse would love heat. That everything is made of fire. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I then it sort of uh, forces an answer that you have to figure out how to destroy these things in a way that they would no longer be viable. And you can't do it through fire. You can't punch it. And so there, something else has to happen. And then it becomes kind of a desperate thing. You, I, I understand once that happens, okay, they might have to do something. Maybe they, maybe is a questionable in order to, to defeat this because it's going to be um, much more powerful than they, than they can deal with on their own. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's just, it, right now it's just Steppenwolf, but you know, if they were to get their hands, if Steppenwolf were to get his hands on the third one, then who knows what else could happen. So um, him just being the the a threat that they can't beat right now, um, it could be worse later on if they, if they don't figure out and if they don't take the risk to to stop him with it. So that's a just a just a great minute. I mean, this whole like I said, this this uh, this scene kind of will cap um, chapter four. And it's just it's just a fantastic moment. Like it, it all comes together, uh, starting with this minute here, and so it's 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 just a fantastic moment. Um, anyone else have anything else for this minute? We have we have more to talk about with it, but uh, anything else for this one? Uh, just superficially, uh, from my point of view, I love Arthur's look. I think he looks great. Uh, <laughs> I also love uh, Bruce here rocking his uh, his vest. 
his black and uh is it black and gray that he's wearing look looking very batman so i i think he looks really sharp um and i also like that batman is portrayed as a strategist here he's he's talking about a strategy to lose more slowly that's a very batman thing for him to do so i think everyone is character correct here and i think the team dynamic is starting to really uh become something resembling the justice league yeah absolutely the the red jacket on on barry allen uh gal gadot's wearing a little bit of red as well and then cyborg with the with the the kind of like the sweats on um it's he's not he's still trying to hold on to his humanity his human side and so um it's what he's used to wearing and he's also still got that kind of metamorphosis frankenstein monster kind of um embarrassment where he's like trying to hold on to being human so uh, that too i've always you know he doesn't does he's still not um he still doesn't like being a machine so uh, but then the 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 red heart i always mm. i always love that that look so it looks closer on close-ups i think it was in yesterday's minute a little bit or maybe at the beginning of today um the the movement of the light through the zipper um mm. it's more 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 kirby dots it's just such <laughs> visually pleasing and correct way of depicting these things it's just like you couldn't have done it better um i think ben affleck looks like jaw-droppingly amazing in this movie. <laughs> he really does I, like honestly um i i really would like love to have just a small conversation with him on just like an, an understanding and approach of this character now and like where you're at and how you and just the thought process and everything. Honestly, it really is. I take this Batman performance and this Bruce Wayne performance from this man um, very seriously. <laughs> yeah. As you should. I think yeah. he's great. I think he's, I think he understands it on a level that no one else has been able to understand or portray it as. And uh, I don't think anybody ever will be able to do it other than him yeah he 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 definitely feels like he's he really adapted the bruce tim bruce wayne like from the animated series like and 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 people they've they've had criticisms or they you know bat ben affleck is not their preferred batman in in cinema or whatnot but then they always go back to i, I think we all universally agree that uh in dawn of justice and this film um his bruce wayne is is solid and and it just feels like it's completely a live action adaptation of the the animated series bruce wayne uh he just he totally looks that part and um he looks so different too like um if you follow ben affleck in in his other movies or in his personal life um he he does he really did change to to fit into this character type yeah um um both in weight um and in hairstyle um you know it's not just ben affleck in the role as bruce wayne but he really changed to to fit into this character this 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 vision that Zack snyder had yeah um and i feel that i've said it before but gal gadot as well the the way that she is portrayed as wonder woman in, in Zack snyder's films feel like she fit into the mold of what Zack Snyder envisioned. Um, Whereas, um, and it's not a criticism for me, but just 
Gal Gadot in, in as Wonder Woman in any other film feels more like just Gal Gadot with the Wonder Woman costume on mm. and, and being, you know, people more so like Gal Gadot, just like who she is in, in real life. Um, and uh, no, but in, in Zack Snyder's movies, she is fitting into this whole other role. And so she feels like a totally different character sometimes. Um, and I, I love that. So Bruce, Bruce Wayne done by Ben Affleck here. It's just like, wow, you, you nailed adapting a character. Yeah. Full through. Um, but yeah, but that's cool. all I had. All right. We're going to wrap up for today. If you've enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving a five-star review. It really does help the show and helps new listeners discover our show as well. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can chat with us on Twitter at DCEU Minute. And if you'd like to hear more bonus content, we also have a Patreon for just $3 with tons of other podcasts to listen to. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next one here on DC Cinematic Minute.